Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. You put a little extra emphasis on that one. I, you know, sometimes when you when you bring it, you gotta you gotta bring it. So, all right, we missed last week because uh, I was out of town and, well, I just didn't think ahead to plan anything. So I figured, why not make something special happen? And I'm, I uh, wanted to bring the magic, so I brought Justin. Oh, all right, all right, I see what you're doing. I brought Jeremy. Yo. But to, to really to really jazz it up, I brought in Andy Garces. Or, um, Andy, I met you when we were doing We Are Family and... Uh, well, you're a very interesting person, so I thought, why? I knew you'll fit in well with these guys. Plus, as a podcast, we have uh, we we're big fans of America's Got Talent, and one of the one of the acts that the three of us tend to always agree on is Magic Acts. That's so true. I fi- so yeah. I figured, what better way to actually incorporate both the guys in one of the interview podcasts than to bring in an actual magician? Andy, how's it going? What's cracking, everybody? Thank you again for having me. I don't really do a lot of podcasts because I'm, I'm not really confident in this kind of things, but you're a good person, so I know you won't F me over. So uh, We're not confident try, either. Let's try, to, let's try to make this fun time, whatever you guys It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Let uh, me know. So, so Andy, let's, let's start off with a, a little bit about you uh, before we, you know, in consistently and always talk about me. Sure. So we need, argue we, that. Yeah, we just need like your social security number, mother's maiden name, first pet street you lived on. Yeah, all the all the relevant, yeah. you know, re- yeah. relevant information. Um, That's already on Facebook. Okay. Um so Andy, you you were telling me that you've you've been doing magic for pretty much your entire life. I mean, obviously you you have the story about where you were born. You know, um you were born in Las Vegas. The you know I was I, I was indeed born there. Um in 91 at the Excalibur, Las Vegas, that was like a new casino. Now it's old. If you hear Excalibur, you don't think about nice things. But in 91, it was one of the newer hotels. And my parents were on vacation when my mom was seven months, three weeks pregnant. 91. Yeah. Yeah, 91. I was starting. I started high school in 92. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I... I I'm not trying to age myself, but what I what I am saying is that uh, my parents had me prematurely. They weren't expecting to have me in Vegas. They had me about a month and a week early, and out of the hospital, they needed a place to stay for a night more or two before coming back to California. And that was the Excalibur. It's pretty crazy that that's Merlin's home, and I ended up being a magician. And I've always loved magic. And you know, who knows? Maybe it, I could help restore it with having uh, Matt King's already there. He's an amazing magician. Maybe we could work together and just bring a crowd and. Really jazz up the Excalibur again, but right now it's a dump. Uh, um, but you were telling me that you joined the Magic Castle at a pretty young age as well. I auditioned twice. The first time I didn't get in, but the second time I auditioned and I met my show partner. Um, my show partner is my current show partner. His name is Ian Galloway. But yeah, I auditioned at 12 and I think I got in at 13 or just when I was turning 13. But the age for auditioning minimum was 12. And then when you become an adult, is 21. So you're no longer allowed to be a part of the junior program. And the audition entailed of a up to five minute performance was your tryout audition. And uh, yeah, you couldn't go over your time. So I did get a letter from after the first audition telling me, thank you for auditioning, Andrew. Unfortunately, we can't accept you because you went over your time. Come back in six months when we have more tryouts and then try to cut the time down. So how, instead how of nervous doing, were you doing that at 12 years old? I don't want to really go into it, man. But um, I, I did get a, a boost of confidence. Um, I, I, I didn't see a lot of uh, Hispanic magicians. And I'm Colombian and Mexican. I know it's a weird combo, but like um, you're either one or the other over here. But um, I'm, I'm and so I was at my audition and my Colombian family was happened to be in town. So they came to support and so they were, and then they know the Magic Castle. It's world famous. 
So they, they really wanted to come and check it out for their first time or whatever and support me. So they were there. And while I'm waiting in line, brother, the most famous magician in Colombia was there and, and greeted them and greeted me and was really nice and even gave me his DVD set, which I wasn't going to be mean and say no. I watched it at home. It was already stuff I already knew, all basic stuff. But I was very appreciative of him even talking to us and giving him, giving us his time of day, especially when my family knew who he was from where they live and stuff like that. So That's that gave awesome. me a boost of confidence in the audition. I didn't really pass the audition. Again, I went over my time. But um, I guess the second time I was like, fuck it. Sorry, screw this. I said, screw this. You can swear. You, L- language is allowed. You you can cuss all you want on this podcast. Yeah. All right, fuck. I was, all right, I, I was like, fuck, fuck this, you know. I'm just going to do two tricks. So, like, my second audition was literally 90 seconds, if that. I literally borrowed a, the tricks where I, I, I was in the same same spot. You, you're on stage in front of all these. The first two rows are judges of the castle and the all the other rows are filled with like my family and family of the other auditionees, you know, the people who are trying to support their family who are trying to audition. And so um, I borrow one of the judges quarters. I go, Hey, can I borrow a quarter? I make it go through a Sobe bottle, which back then those were a thing. You guys remember Sobe? Oh yeah. To drink yeah. Sobe. I made it go through a glass Sobe bottle, one of the glass ones. And then I had them take out the quarter and then I, stabbed it with the pen and had the pen go through the quarter and I handed it to them like a shish kebab. And then, um, that's what got me in. But like, that was like really quick. I made it short and sweet. I was like, you guys want, you guys don't want five minutes. That's fine. I'll, I'll make it quick. Yeah. Sweet. So is, is getting in like once you're in, you're always in, or do you have to like re audition every so often? Or? Uh, uh, kind of, and kind of, no, if you're a junior member, there's a couple options, which I was. My friend Ian took the other option. I took this option. When you're a junior member, again, you pay $30 a year. And I'm not saying a month. I'm not saying 360 total a year. I'm talking $30 total. Divide that by 12. That's what? Almost $3 a month, something like that. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, if I wanted to pay out of my allowance, I could have. My parents put it the $30 is fine. But when you turn 21, which back then for me was 2012, the prices have only increased since 2012, so I'll give you the new number. But in 2012, for me to be an adult, as soon as I turned 21, that shit raised to 1250 from $30 a year to 1250 a year. Damn. Now, now, I'm not saying that it's oh. not an investment. Like, if I was trying to get more higher-end shows and, and try to get my name out there, like right now, I guess I would try to foot that bill and try to make it work. Uh, but now I think it's 1800 or 1900 minimum, so the price has only gone up every year. And it's that price now. So it's like, if you want to go, all you need to do is have an invitation from a member. And my friend still puts the bill every year. He takes the pay increase and pays it. My my show partner. So if I want to take my wife on a nice date, or if I want to go on my birthday or whatever, it's really simple to just ask my friend. And I have, and because I was in that program, even though he's my show partner, he's probably my closest friend. I probably have three or four other friends in that program that are so close to me that help me with tricks. If I, I literally spoke with Jesse, my other friend, who's not a show partner. He works in IT his full time. He's really good at his computer stuff, but he worked in the magic shop with me for like five years and he's really knowledgeable. So I plucked his brain for two hours today. And um, yeah, no, um, I forgot where I was going with this, but um, these people I met at the magic castle and like, they're really nice enough to, if you guys want to come through, let me know. I can easily get you an invitation. There's always some sort of rules when you go into those clubs. Like there's a dress code. No matter what, there's a dress code. Um, I think if you don't go with a if you don't go with a member, like if you're just going on the invitation they give you, like you they email you an invitation. It's up to six people. You pay for parking. You pay twenty dollars a head at the entrance and then you have to pay for dinner as well. Whereas if you were to go, like if I were to go with my homie Ian, who's a member and just ride with him in his car, he gets his free parking. I don't pay the door fee of $20 and I don't have to watch. I don't have to pay for dinner to watch all the shows. I can just go all the car, have an appetizer if I wanted to, or have a drink if I wanted to. None of it's mandatory. Nice. Okay. So, so there are benefits to being a member. Now, what is um, what possesses a twelve-year-old to decide 
that he was he's going to dedicate that much of his time to magic. Oh, um, I thought it was. I mean, it's 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 all science. When people ask me what you're doing real, it's like I don't want to just tell them all my secrets. That's I work so hard, but like I'll I'll tell them the truth. Science, psychology, and fun. We're just having fun, man. It's entertainment. Enjoy it. Like it's all good. But um, back then it was like. I thought it was just fake, 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 fake. And I had no interest in it because I, I never saw it up close. I just saw it on TV and I thought, oh, there's money involved. TV, you know, you, you can't trust that. Everything's, you know. So Mass Magician, especially him showing the tricks and stuff, like it was like, oh, see. But when I saw it up close, the magician's name was Johnny Ace Palmer. I was 11 and he came to my eighth grade class. I was like 11 or 12. Came my, and it wasn't just for the whole eighth grade class. It was for science. And we had to, it was for like the top 10 kids who scored on a certain exam. It was like, if you do good on this certain exam, uh, you're going to have an in and out lunch where you, a limo picks you up and you'll have a special guest. The special guest ended up being a magician, Johnny is Palmer. We didn't know that ahead of time, but I did good on the test anyways. Like I, I was a fat kid. I still am a fat at heart. I love, you know, my weight loss. I love in and out. So I did it mostly for the food, not knowing it was going to be a magician. I was like, get me out of school. Get me out of of fifth period. Get me some double doubles and and please, you know, like, like I'm so like I did it. But when the magician came, he he literally did a trick. If you look him up, he's not, he's famous for this. So look him up later. Johnny is Palmer. He, he made little baby chicks appear out of nowhere, but like first the eggs, and then the eggs hatched, and then they were, like, live chicks. And, like, but it was, like, really cool to see up close. Like, now I don't do any animal magic. It's not like I do the chick trick, and I'm, like, trying to do that. No, but to see it in person was, like, something else. And it was, like, wait, this guy, how old is he? And he gets to come to my school and do this? That's so yeah. cool. Okay. Um, And then, like, something, this little, this little annoying kid, kind of a, obnoxious annoying bully kid but anyways he he kind of heckles the magician he goes because he does a trick which i'll show you Hold on. Hold on. this i'll bring it you stand by yeah <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our sponsor media pod smash <laughs> so I feel this like is a giant just... version i got for like so people can see from far away but basically, he did this trick, a miniature version, regular deck size. This is called the jumbo deck, what we do in Magic. But this will be better for the camera. I do have the original. But um, basically, I have all the cards in order, ace, two, three, four, five, six, and so on. I want to face them so I can see them as well. Uh, who wants to do this? Jeffrey, Justin, Nick? I was going to say, who the fuck is Jeffrey? <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, I'm sorry. It's okay. Fuck. I right, love Jeffrey the giraffe, so you got this, Jeffrey. it works. <laughs> Go get him, Dahmer. <laughs> no, so what no, 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 no. I'll kill it. Nobody else kill it, please. <laughs> all right, what's, so, what's, what are we doing? You want to do it? Okay, brother, no worries. Uh, they're all in order. Whichever okay. random card you name, make it random. Not like the Ace of Spades or Queen Art. Make it extremely random. Whatever you name, for them to hear, for me to hear, I'll remove it, and we'll go from there. Anything at all. Any card, anyone. Okay, eight of clubs. Ooh, okay, so let's check it out. Um, Got to be in here somewhere. There we go. Do you want to change your mind? Nope. Remember, I did give you a chance to change your mind. We'll leave it. Can you guys see it right? I don't that's want a, you to lose sight of the card. That's a pretty big-ass card. We could probably see it if you put it on the seat where you were sitting. Now look at the rest of the cards. Watch it like a film. Watch, look. All right. Are you guys seeing it? I think there's too much of a yeah. glare, right? Yeah, it just looks like a stick man pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, I love it. So he showed me that trick. And I liked it a lot too. But then um How the fuck did you well it was that specific trick that really got me into this and fucking um a a little kid that annoying kid heckled him and goes they sell that trick at disneyland and i'm like shut up kid 
do they really? <laughs> do they really? Where can I get this shit? Shut the fuck up! But where where can I get this? And, um, and sure enough, yeah, I bought a few tricks from Disneyland. I, I annoyed the hell out of the people that worked there, but they were nice to me. They were nice to me. I was just some old kid. And literally, I bought an annual pass just to hang out in the magic shop. If I wrote a ride or two, that was a plus. But um, I went there just to study magic and, and learn free card tricks and coin tricks, sleight of hand stuff that you don't have to buy expensive props or gimmicks for just because I was a kid and didn't have that money. So I had to teach myself the harder stuff. Not to brag or anything, but I had to teach myself the more stuff with sleight of hand as opposed to the prop stuff as a kid because I didn't have that kind of stuff. So. Well, that that up close stuff, the the close up card tricks that you were showing me, kind of the one that you just showed us now, like I f- I find that more impressive than the big showy like, you know, prop stuff because like I know there's more of a trick to that when you're sitting right there in front of me with a deck of cards, and I'm like two feet in front of you, if that, like I mean I might even be closer, and I can't figure out what you're doing, blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a warm up. I hope you like these next two. I do later because um that one you you guys made me bring it out when you asked my like about how I got into it. That was like one of the first tricks I saw. He did that deck of cards, the little cartoon, pulling a fucking card out of the hat, and it was my card. And then when the kid told me you could buy it at Disneyland, game over. Had the kid never said that, I don't know if I'd be doing magic today. That's the butterfly effect. I don't know. Oh. You need to send that oh. kid a, a thank you note. <laughs> Thanks for being a little asshole. He was a mean asshole. I don't know if I want to thank him, man. He, he was another one of those people who made fun of me for being obese and stuff. So, like, oh. I don't know if I can thank him too much with the her knowing. Thanks for the inspiration, dickhead. I, I do want to give a thanks to this one girl, though. It kind of has to do with my magic. Her name's Angie McGinnis, and I guess I would. She She never was, like, she never, like, hid the fact that she was nice to me. She always supported me. And in my yearbook, she said something in my eighth grade yearbook, something that always made me make sure that I never changed because that's what it fucking said. It said something like, many people won't tell you this, but I admire how confident you are in doing whatever you want and not caring what people think, no matter how weird people think you are. Like, you just do what makes you happy and, and you need to continue that in your life. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. that's, these people aren't happy in their lives. They're popular, but they're not happy. She's the one of the most popular girls in the world. And she's talking like this. These people just want attention and they just want, they just, they have something, they want something temporary, but they're not happy with themselves and they're not doing things in their lives that make them happy. And that's what magic was for me. That's awesome. That's good advice even today. Yeah, absolutely. Now, cause you, you started off by saying you're, you know, you're not very confident with yourself and that's why you don't do a lot of podcasts, but I will tell you, like I said, spending the time with you that you did, that I did, you were never shy. And you were always willing to stand up and do a trick or make a joke about Pornhub, um, even after <laughs> we said stop it. Uh, well, we kind of all needed something, man. We all um, were like, what the hell's going on with this shit? But like, we can't I mean, talk you, too much about it. I mean, yeah. when we were out to dinner, like even with the waitresses and like normally we're like in this, you know social situations or with big groups of people, like you, most people tend to kind of take a step back and try to like disappear into the wall or just be quiet and do their thing. Like you were willing to entertain just waitresses and, and everybody in the room when we were in the warehouse. Like, so <laughs> I I don't see you having a lack of confidence, but I, I guess I'm just new to these things, the podcast. Yeah. So like talking yeah. about magic and other stuff. And I just, this is my third one total. I think I did a weight loss one, two years, three, three, two, three years ago. I did the one with homie Josh that I'd never posted. And this is the one I'm doing now. Well, what, what, just touch on that real briefly, because that's also something that, that's relatively impressive. I know you were talking about it. It's something that I probably should take a, a page out of your, your book from. But you you were showing me some pictures, and I know you've put some stuff on Facebook. You have lost an incredible amount of weight. Um, yeah, I can tell you how we did that. Um, thank you. I lost 110. My wife lost 90. So that's when I say we. It's a power couple thing. And shh. She initiated that shit. So, um, like, basically, nobody, I don't, maybe if you're the government, you knew what was going on with that COVID stuff, but no, I don't care. Nobody knew what lockdowns were. I didn't know what that was. So, when they first happened, I think most of the population was drinking and having DoorDash just like we were. Like, we were partying. Like, we thought it was like a two week vacation. That's what they first told us. We're going to take two weeks off of the world, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So we were just 
doing the damn thing, having a good time, eating junk, whatever. But then, and I was ready to keep doing that. I was like, you know, fucking dude, like I, I can take a break from all these shows and stuff. You know, I can, I can do this. But um, after like two weeks of that, my wife looks at me and goes, hey, they're not sending me back to work soon. And I don't know when they're going to open the world back up. And I don't know if we can keep doing this. Like, you, we, we can't keep doing this. And I was like, what do you want? She goes, we, you need to write us a workout regimen and we need to eat better. And so, I mean, obviously I have more recipes now, but back then just to make it basic. So for anybody could do it. And for me back then, cause I don't, I didn't have the knowledge to do that now. Back then, just to start, I told myself, okay, when we eat anything, it has to, it can't be fried. I never made fried stuff anyways. It was mostly buying the junk food, but no more, everything cooked. And I got to prioritize the meats that I love. I love steak. I love chicken cooked a certain way. So I, I would just, I told myself the plate needs to be fucking full of just the meat. I'll season it. I'll cook it right. But it needs to taste good, but it's got to be full of the meat. It's got to be full. If I'm not full, it's got to be full of veggies. But I still didn't deprive myself of the bad stuff, like the pizza or the cookies. I just made it the very smallest part of the plate. Like I want, if I would just to make it a taste, and I ate it last because I had this thing of, if I like a cookie, I'm going to have another cookie. And until and then, and they never fill you up. But if, if I were to eat a full meal and I'm pretty much full and I have that one cookie and I like it, I'm already full. So it's like capping something off as opposed to like, oh, it's addicting. I need another one. I need another one because I knew myself. I know everybody's different. But for me, that's 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 how I caught it. And so from then, it was just eliminating the cookie completely. Or eliminating the pizza completely. It went from having mostly protein and that tiny bad thing to like just trying to get rid of it so long. And then same, it was a pretty similar method with the workouts. I started hardcore with my wife and myself, but then reduced it to be more realistic. But it was more to shock the body. And it was like um, our first, what, two weeks? Um, it wasn't anything intense, like not a lot of like, um, how you say it? There was a lot of rest periods. It was a three-hour workout with a lot of rest periods. If we need to take a break, have some water, stretch it out real quick, cool. But it was three hours of workout with whatever little weights I had. I didn't have much. I, didn't, I, I have a nice gym now, I'm thankful. But I didn't have this back then. So I had two cylinder weights, a 10-pound cylinder weight and a 20-pounder. And I wrote a workout with that, body weight stuff, stretching. And again, we're obese, so we can only do so much, but it's three hours of work. But that's the whole point I'm trying to get across is we forced it for three hours. So then after two weeks, I told myself and my wife, okay, now we're going to do 45-minute workouts. And that sounds amazing, right, compared to three hours? But the 45-minute workouts were a lot more intense with a lot less breaks. But... I don't want to start off with the 45 minutes because I don't think I would have gotten through it and neither would my wife because of how intense they were. But that was the whole psychology behind it. If we told ourselves, hey, we did this for three hours, you know, 45 minutes, let's push through and then we'll eat and then we'll rest. You know, 45 minutes is really not that long compared to three hours. Fuck those three hour days. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes All sense. Right. All right. Do, um, do, you, uh, do you meal prep uh, for your... I, I try to. I think the most simple way is the is the is the, the slow cooker. I'll just leave stuff cooking overnight in bed and like season it really well, meat or chicken, and then have rice. But if I have time, which when I did personal, so you know, COVID took away magic. So after I lost some weight, people did ask me to personal train them, and so I got certified so it could be all legal and shit. So I became a nutrition coach and personal trainer. Um, and during the limbo of magic, while things were shut down, and um. That was when I was cooking a lot. I was cooking a lot of meal plan stuff and like recipes. I still have the videos, but like I was making protein donuts. Um, but today, if you're asking me today, the things I still prep, I, I, I make protein ice cream every week. I have it prepped in my freezer and then I have a Ninja Creamy. So I whenever, and I have it after my warm up. I'll do cardio on an empty stomach. Damn, the Niners just scored. They just tied the game. I don't, but anyways, <laughs> anyways. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll have my ice cream right when I'm lifting, after I'm already sweaty from the warm-up. After doing jump rope for about 15, 20 minutes, I'll reward myself with the protein ice cream, 
get into a lift, and then I'll have a full meal after my lift. And that's just my days today. But but when it comes to meal prep, now it's more simple. Give me a bunch of chicken and meat. If I have salad and veggies, cool. But back then, I'm talking about I was making protein French toast, um, protein McDonald's, protein pancakes. I still have some of that, but I know it was all from scratch. Protein, uh, protein cookies. It was a lot of stuff, man. Nice, so, nice, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, but if I were to eat something now on the street and it's like I'm trying to stay on regimen, I would do in and out, lettuce wrap, four patties, no cheese, dry, no dressing. And if that doesn't fill me up, add another patty. That's my whole psychology today. If I'm not full and I still need to eat, I'm not going to deprive myself, but it's got to be strong in protein. Right on. Same thing before bed. Like, like people say, don't eat. I'm not going to have an ice cream before bed. If I'm going to have ice cream, I'll try to eat it in the morning time because I'll have all the data burned off. But I won't eat that before bed, right? But I'll have almonds or a little peanut butter and a protein shake before bed because A, that's not all sugar. And B, the almonds boost testosterone in men and women. But if you're a man and you're getting older, it's important, right? So almonds before bed are good. And eat almonds. Yeah, and, and but it burns fat in, in your belly because it's testosterone. It burns belly fat from just having a few almonds before bed and a little, a few egg whites, or if you don't do eggs, protein shake it up before bed. Those are the kind of things you can have before bed. I would avoid a bunch of fruit and sugar. Yeah. However, if you have to have a fruit and it's like a, it's like I'm, I need to sleep, make sure it's like an apple because those are like even though there is sugar, they're a lot higher in fiber, so you're gonna shit that out. So not that quarter bag of Hershey Kisses that I had last night. <laughs> Believe it or not, bro, if you're working out, you want that after your warm up. So like after your or even after the whole workout, choose choose one or the other. Not both. okay, okay, but like, right on. I, I like you want to you want to restore your glycogen because you've just sweated all out. So you want your muscles to restore, and sugar helps that. So the, okay. basically, the the easy thing, think of it this way: your body worked out so fucking hard that at that point, thirty minutes after your workout, after thirty minutes, you're fucked. But within 30 minutes after your workout, your body will accept anything and use it to restore. And it won't turn to fat. Right on. Okay. Good to know. So if you look it up later, the science is look it up later. Look up chocolate milk runners. 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 Like running. Like like marathon runners. Chocolate milk. Look that up. No bullshit. They drink that after every um, workout, after after every run. Chocolate milk full of sugar. But it helps them. Interesting. It's got a a three-to-one protein ratio. So like uh, three to one carbs to protein ratio. So for every three sugars, there's one protein. And after a heavy, intense workout, you do want that. Now, if you didn't do a very sweaty workout, you just did a whatever, I wouldn't recommend having a bunch of sugar. But if you know you're like, and it's like there, dude, for sure. Like that's what you you need. So you went on Let's Make a Deal. I did. I did with Wayne Brady. Yes. Great. So, mm-hmm. so not not only did you go on We Are Family, uh, you also were on Let's Make a Deal. Now, I think you did a lot better on well because you got you weren't unfortunately you weren't on a whole lot of episodes of We Are Family because we were alternates. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, but you showed me the clip of you going on on uh, Let's Make a Deal, and you were dressed up like a uh, slot machine. Yeah, many oats to Vegas. You know, I want to have my show there eventually. I think we're. Uh, we have our ticketed show here, a little small plug for that to Huntington Beach. We've had it there for about two years, going on two years, two shows a month. And I think we're about a few shows away from actually the show being Vegas ready. So within the next six months, me and my partner, we're going to go to Vegas once a month for two nights and try to court management from different hotels into talking with us for getting shows, our residency there. And having them come see a sample of our real show in Huntington Beach. But... um Anyways, what, what was I saying? Um, let's make a deal. So, yeah, slot machine. It was an ode to Vegas. I was born there. Uh, my wife made it. My wife made the fucking outfit. It, it, I can't take credit for that. She. It was my idea. I told her I want to be a slot machine. She was, I can make it. And she's very creative like that. She makes things. So she makes horse wigs. Colorful horse wigs. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Is, is, what, is there a, she have like an Etsy shop or something we can shout out? It, yeah, check out uh, maintresses.com. It's her own website, I think. But uh, I think that's where you would buy it. And uh, she, she she sells to Disney. So Cool. Oh, that's The awesome. Disney horses. If, 
if you if you go on Main Street Disneyland, you'll see her pieces on the horses because basically it's not just colors. Some horses just aren't show ready. Their their tails are kind of short and crooked and nasty, so she'll actually blend the same color and make it look like it's the full tail, like it blends in and, and yeah, that's awesome. Now, with uh, what I can't, I and honestly, I cannot remember. I know you showed me the clip, but what show was she on? She was on a few brothers, she, but I think it may have been the one with Anthony Anderson, the one that segued us together. Yeah, it was to, to tell the truth. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. To tell the truth. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Did you tell your friends about uh, Anthony Anderson and that? No, no. You can you can tell that story. I don't. I won't want to steal your thunder on that one. So we were there, and this happened to be the uh, the practice day. So nobody really talked to Anthony too much. Maybe they said a few words and banter when he was like in the actual practice, but nobody actually had a conversation with him, and everybody was still too shy at this point. We're done. We're done auditioning. Uh, we're we're done with the practice. He's leaving, but me, fucking Nicholas. I think it was uh, it was Charlie and and the girl. Uh, what's her name? Chelsea. We were all like seated right next to each other, and Tim was on the other side. But we were seated next to each other, at, at the alternate chairs. We didn't even have our own podium or anything, but we had our chairs. And homeboy Anthony walks right by us on his way out, just to his trailer or or limo, wherever he's going. I don't know if he's going home or whatever, but he's leaving the studio. So as he's leaving, I go, Mister Anderson, I just want to uh, let you know, congratulations on your weight loss. And then he actually stops for a second and shakes my hand. He goes, Hey, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. And he goes, by the way, do you do you remember my wife? And I should have said more than that, but he totally like I don't know if he was joking or because there's a there's a lot of allegations this way that he had to defend himself, but right away he was I don't know your fucking wife. What the fuck? <laughs> and, and then he he, 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 yeah, he looks at the audience. I, again, I don't know if, if he's joking or not, but he goes, You hear this guy asking me if I know his fucking wife? And I, I and I, I know, man, uh you actually had her on your show to tell the truth. Oh, 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 oh. Who, who, who was your wife? Uh, I said, the horsewick lady. And and the show happened to have his mom on it, too. So he looks at his mom, who was on the show with us. He goes, Mama, horsewick's lady husband's here. And then uh, she made sure, like, on my way out to give me a hug. I need to hug him. And she gave me a hug on the way out. So I got to hug Mama. That was my interaction with Anthony. Yeah, you didn't get on until the last day. You got in those... But, Which uh, is fine because they made it up to me by, I guess, putting me in a commercial or two. And I hope my episode does air the magic trick on Wednesday. Then I use it on my as promo, and yeah. I'll, residuals go from there. Like I can hopefully make money off of my name a little more. Well, now that. you get to but, now you get to put two game shows on your on your uh, resume. Yeah. Now, yeah. so when you watch America's Got Talent, or do you watch America's Got Talent first? So religiously, I did back when um, I was still in the magic shop because that was like, I I hate to do that. In the magic shop, I worked in the Disneyland magic shop myself. I forgot to tell you guys this. And I worked there um, in high school as a senior and all the way for about four and a half years straight. And during that time, I was watching all the TV shows, the Fool Us, the America's Got Talent and all that stuff. But um, once I left... I think once I got fired from Disney, and I had never worked for Disney, Disney, like that. The Magic Shop was a third-party company owned by a magic shop called Houdini's Magic Shop. So if you were in Vegas in the past, in the late 90s, early 2000s, every casino had a magic shop in it. Chances are it was owned by Houdini's. It was in the Caesars. It was in the Venetian. It was in Circus Circus. It was at MGM Grand, Final Hollywood. He had, he had all the casinos. But anyways, um, he bought out the Disney Magic Shop in 2009, which is around the time that I got hired. So so we paid rent to be there. And so we didn't have all the benefits of signing our family into Disneyland and shit. And we were very sales-driven. And we were paid a different rate because we were paid by a different company. And we were paid our hourly plus bonus. We had to – it was terrible because you're trying to sell this stuff to kids who – can't really do magic and you gotta tell them hey this you, with a lot of practice you can do this crazy sleight of hand this and that it's like dude no you know but um yeah it was a trip working there it was cool so but when so when you're watching shows like that do you think to yourself like i could do that or or do you see stuff on those shows where you're like i even me as a magician have no idea how you did what you just did oh i hate to compare because like we're all artists and it's like i don't think 
I'm better than anyone. So instead of thinking like how it's done, I would probably think how would I do it or what would I do differently? Well, how would Magic Doug do that? Have, have you ever been tempted to try out or what is the, because I don't know what the process to get on America's Got Talent is anymore. I know it used to be like an open casting so, so call. I, I, I did try out before I did the mentalism stuff, which I'm trying to really dwell into now as you, the stuff I did with the horse and stuff. But um, I, 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 I did go in in 2000, I want to say 2018. But anyways, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pass the first audition. I don't know why. I thought I did okay. Um, uh, but uh, it, it wasn't Pasadena. It was like a, at like a like a convention center type thing, and it was a lot of people. There were other magicians too, stuff like that. Um, but, but like I said, I really thrive on being original these days. Back then, I was just like this. This is not in my show. This is an ode to an original trick that I did. This is like if somebody asked me, "What's the first trick you ever learned?" I'd bring this bad boy out or something, or bring it, you know. But this is not in my show because I don't do – this is not an original trick. My show is all original. And it's like – and if it's not an original trick, I tweak it to the point where, like, a magician, if they were to come and see it, they wouldn't recognize it as the original trick. So there, there is a form of, of magic plagiarism then? Let's just say there's a trick called Bill and Lemon. There's many different versions of that trick. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Not one person can claim that trick, and there's many different methods to putting a bill in a lemon. Now, I never go into a magician show and say, hey, I'm going to add that. But if I learned a special connection they did, I'm like, oh, shit, I like that. Okay. But if it doesn't fit me, I, I, there's no way. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy does magic as an Irish magician and does make a Guinness production. If I were to make a Guinness production, that's total plagiarism, right? But, like, if I were to Magic Thug, if he loves fucking Modelo and I make Modelo appear, many magicians make bottles of alcohol appear. So I just made it my own. I just made it my brand. I just made Modelo appear. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. but I'm... I don't really like look at magician shows and like, hey, I'm adding that trick. No, no, no. I, I'm pretty much trying to cook up my own stuff and this and that. And I even have magicians come to my show because of that reason. And, and, and that's the reason I don't want, I want it to be original is because I don't want them to be able to just buy it online. I don't want, I, and even if it's a non-magician. Okay, so basically there's a trick in my show that I wrote. A lot of my show is an ode to my weight loss and my journey with my wife. And I'm not kidding. And so, for instance, um, one of the tricks is I talk about life is all about balance. So in weight loss, the fruits and veggies are very important. They are. But you got to have you got to satisfy your cravings here and there. So I do a trick where they choose a fruit and a cheat meal, like a drive through meal. And at the end, it's revealed in my wallet, the only sealed envelope before they even name anything. They haven't said which one they've chosen. It's all secret. They open it, and it says, thank you for thinking of uh, berries. And it's what they were thinking of. And it's got a picture of berries. And then there's a laminated photo, only one, in my wallet of me eating at the restaurant they chose. Nice. And this is all an original routine, and I swear to God, like, there's, so you cannot just go online and Google search a uh, magic trick where a magician has Wendy's in his wallet or uh, the fruit trick in his wallet. Like, no, you're not going to do that because that's all from scratch. Same thing with my Vegas tricks, and which the Vegas tricks are about a quick 30 minutes of the show, which I'm going to add another routine, which is another seven or eight minutes. Oh, hold on a second. I'll show you. Uh, I can't show you the routine, but I'll show you what it is. This is a real Patron case, but I turned it into an illusion, and I'll be debuting it very soon. But this is going to be dedicated to Vegas, like a game where they point at each Patron case, eliminating each one. And there's a message in each bottle. So as they eliminate, we read the messages, and it says, like, oh, you could have won 
a Starbucks gift card for 20 bucks, or you could have won a the movie theater gift card, Olive Garden. And the very last one, when they open the messages, it says the name of the person they were thinking of and they never said. And it was sealed yeah. here the whole time. So I'm working on that. That's an original. So I just think, like, how do I do it? That's how, that's how I, I work. It's like, I want this. This is the final effect. How do I make it work? And that's my job. So that's how I've been doing it with, in the pandemic. Because, like, it's like I never took advantage. I just, like I said back then, it was very, like, let me just buy the trick. And maybe I'll just change the story. So I'll just talk about, I'll name the stick figure Pablo and talk about how he was at the Home Depot and needed work and help him get a job, this and that. And if he gets it right, he gets a gig, whatever. Maybe a funny story, but the tricks themselves were not like completely original. Now, like I literally, like the horse trick, brother. Nicholas remembers that trick. That's my wife's horse. And that's a completely original trick that, again, you're not going to be able to Google search magician's horse trick. No, I, I I saw you do that trick twice, and and I saw the the person who did it the, the second time was in the room for the first time, and intentionally tried to do things different, and you still got it. Like it was it was mind blowing that I don't it I I know that I can't ask you how you do the tricks because you're you're not going to tell us. And as much as I want to know, like I don't want to ruin the illusion, and because I right. I like I like it. But at the same time, like when I see it up close like that, it's just like, how? How the fuck did you do that? I was sitting six inches away from you, and I was intentionally trying to not do the same thing that we did two days ago. But yet, you still got it. <laughs> I, as corny as it sounds, man, every day it's 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 like oxygen, man. I fucking need to either create something new or just tweak something old. Like that fruit trick I just told you about. I, I, I wrote that trick for Mario Lopez. And he, check this out. I may have told you, Nicholas, so I'm going to tell your friends, but maybe you didn't hear this part. But um, when we put this on the weight loss episode, they notified us five weeks in advance. And they said, uh, we'd like to, we, good job on your, we, they, they had my wife before, two years for her horse business with the wigs and they interviewed her with Mario Lopez this and that they saw her 90 pound weight loss through her Instagram photos and they asked her hey you look great um what have you been doing to lose all this weight and then she sent them to me like oh my husband started training people and me and himself and he lost his so she's like that's great can we get you both on an episode talk about it with Mario Lopez this and that cool so that was like six weeks in advance so now it's time to train and they also said can you get a trick ready for Mario to do on the show? Uh, I was like, cool. So I'm going to cook up something original. So I created the the cheat meal trick with the fruit and this and that. Um, but, but as soon as we get to the studio, they tell me that they don't want to talk about magic or do magic at all. They, just, they don't have much time. They want to focus it solely on the weight loss and fitness and stuff. And they told me, that if it, it was up to Mario, if I could show him a trick once the cameras were off real quick, but that they weren't going to put it on the episode. So I'd already prepared this trick and I'm all excited and shit. But anyways, I show it to him and he liked it. He, he, he thought of an avocado and Chick-fil-A. And I remember that. I had my mom there, my wife there, her, uh, my mother-in-law was there and the producers were there. So I, I know, I know, I know it happened, but, um, I'm not even mad about it not being shown on TV because they forced me to create that trick. And again, butterfly effect. I would not have that trick in my arsenal that I'm doing in all my shows had they not told me to make a trick for Mario Lopez. So sure, it didn't get televised, but that's one of my favorite tricks to do. And I created it just for that. So it was pretty have you ever been? Because I I don't know I don't know how much traveling you've done. Have you ever been up to the Dells, the Wisconsin Dells? No, I haven't. What's that? Is that a magic that, place? Uh, I mean, it's kind it's of a, a big, magical place. It's it's kind of um a big touristy area in the Wisconsin area. I know there's a bunch of of um like it's kind of like um Gatlinburg. I don't know or Pigeon Forge uh, in Tennessee. Um, it's like a a much 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 smaller version of Branson. Like it, there's there's a it's they they have a lot of water parks, but at the same time, I know they've got 
a bunch of magic. America's feet. largest water parks, actually. Okay, that it's is ca- America's capital. <laughs> but I know well, that you're doing you're doing an excellent job, Nicholas. Our summers our summers hot there. Oh, summers are real hot there. Yeah. Um, it's 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 super crowded. It's um, but I know there's a couple magic theaters up there, and and like there's. I would some... do it, bro. Yeah, in a heartbeat, I would come up there. Uh, Chicago Magic Lounge, I know of. So now that I know of your spot, um. There's the one in Lake Geneva, too. Oh, yeah. There's a couple in Lake Geneva. Well, damn. You didn't tell me before. I'm trying to... I mean, I could even possibly market it with my my partner. If he's... He's got got the animals, so he may not want to travel with the animals. But I'm down down to do it myself. Yeah. I just... It's just something that occurred to me. I I just... um, Because I know... There's a there's a one particular magician who has a, a theater in Lake Geneva, which is pretty close to us. And and the three of us have talked about going to to see it, but we just have never taken the time to to do it. Is the name Nathan Cranzo? Uh, no. no, no. What is it like? Trist- Tristan Crest. Yeah. Mentalist. I honestly I don't know. Well, um, all right, guys, you ready? Yeah, all right. Let's let's you know show a trick, and then maybe maybe I'll this will force me to actually release a video of uh, the podcast for the first time ever. Okay. Well, um, speaking of parties in Vegas and stuff, we're gonna go to. Um, well, let's figure it out. How are we traveling? Are we traveling with uh, Formula One? Who's doing this? Who are we? Justin. Only one person. Justin. Uh, Justin. Justin, are we taking Formula One or are we taking Ninja Motorcycle? No, we're going to take the Formula One. I don't trust the balance on the motorcycle. Formula One. All right. So next we got, I'm going to list three locations. Are we going to Monaco Grand Prix, Qatar, or Route 66? Uh, Route 66. Do some sightseeing. Are we listening to Beethoven or Rolling Stones on the way? Uh, Rolling Stones. Are you traveling with LeBron, Tom Brady, Lionel Messi, or Usain Bolt? Let's go with Brady. Hell yeah. (laughs) I don't want to look that. That's probably the best option. Interesting twist, interesting twist. So look, you went with Formula One, uh, Route 66, Rolling Stones, and Brady. I don't know if you knew this, but the entire time in my pouch, you say Formula Formula One, One. Um, Route 66. (laughs) Listening to the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and you traveled with... Oh, oh my God. God. Get the oh, hell out of here. <laughs> Holy... Wow. That's good shit, man. Wow. <laughs> Thank you guys so fucking much. Thank you. Thank oh. you. That was awesome. That was cool. Thank you for letting me test it out. I'm going to put it in the live show next week. So, thank cool. you. Cool. Pop culture roulette stamp of approval on that one. Absolutely. So, um, I guess real. (laughs) Not how I'm going to need a break. I'm going to need a moment. (laughs) Well, how, how would, how would we find you? How would, how do people find you? Um, you know, why don't you, you plug where, you know, you've got YouTube, your social medias, your, I got to call myself out and be better. Please follow my Instagram. I am the most active there, but I really got to start pumping up my YouTube uh, because you guys got to check out Eric Konevsky's channel. I'm in a few of his pranks. I'm one of the mafia guys that he uses, and we do real-life pranks. And because he's got about a million subs, I need to start. I actually have a video I wrote down of a magic video that I want him in because I could use his subscribers, but he'd be perfect. The, the video would be titled... Um, why nobody trusts me with their money. And then I would be asking him, hey, man, let me borrow a dollar. And he goes, no, remember the last time you, I lent you money? And then it'd be like three flashbacks of me doing tricks with money. And then like, and I'd, he'd be like, no, not that time, the other time. And then it'd be another one. 
and but they'd be like really cool tricks and this and that and so i don't know but um that'd be for youtube but right now instagram is where you can find me at magic thug magic thug and i think on youtube there's a the t-h-e magic thug okay. but instagram there is no mat there is no the. All right, and you said you have a, a, a bi-monthly show in, in Huntington? Yeah, please. If you're ever in California, SoCal, Huntington Beach, California, it's very close to Disneyland, so that's a very well-known spot. Um, two times a month, if you have kids, one of them is an all-ages show that falls on one Sunday a month, so you can bring any kid any age with the adult on a Sunday. The adults-only show is once a month. And that's on Friday, uh, one Friday a month, and 21 and up, uh, two drink minimum. But that has my friend Ian again. He does the animal magic where he makes doves appear. He turns them into snakes. This all uses fire and other deceptions and stuff like that. And um, I do the hypnosis part of the show, which is a lot of fun. And there's even a part where I bring somebody up, they're blindfolded. And while they're blindfolded, they're reading another audience member's mind. I'm not even doing the mind reading at this point. So... Come check out the show. Um, it's again, that's that's an original part of the show. The whole show is original, and I love for you guys, anybody, to come check it out. There's going to be a lot of editing when I'm editing to make myself yeah. look smarter. <laughs> Never no us, worries, just, just himself. <laughs> I just made, I'll, I'll make them two look stupid all day long, but uh, uh, so I don't know where I was going with that. Either you guys got a, uh, anything you want to promote. Oh, you know, as always, MediaPod Smash is ever growing. You can subscribe to the channel at MediaPod Smash. Is that YouTube or Instagram, brother? Uh, YouTube and Instagram. All right, both places. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. MediaPod Smash. You know what? I, I, you know, I, I realize that I do a horrible job of of uh, promoting the podcast on the podcast. Uh, pop culture roulette. Uh, where you know, I think it's just pop cult roulette most places because I can't have that many letters. But uh, I guess before we get out of here, um, Andy, I probably should have prepped you. Um, I'd, I'd like to ask, what has anybody watched over the last couple of weeks? And anything you've been watching um, that you'd want to talk about? You know, movies, TV? Oh, oh yes, man. Um, not so much movie, but TV show. It's so good. The the Curse with Nathan Fielder and, and Emma Stone. It's a gem. So I'm good. Check that out. And, and, and it's like, if you're familiar with Nathan Fielder, it's so him. But it's a it's a scripted show. And it's 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 not like reality, but but it's film like reality. It's like a semi. It's like okay. Did you guys watch Cloverfield? Yes. Non shaky camera. It's voyeuristic POV type show where it's like comedy drama, but also thriller. It's weird as fuck. Totally indie. Director of Uncut Gems directs it, and Nathan Fielder. So the Safdie brother, not both of them, but Benny Safdie. Benny Safdie directs it. He's in it. Um, it's very cringe. And if you look, it's got ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes, so the critics love it. But it's it's very cringe, so it's only got a forty percent from the audience taste. You have to be okay with the cringe factor, like being okay with seeing Nathan Fielder's micro penis a million times on the screen. Okay. All, right. all right that's that's not a sentence i had on the bingo card for today yeah, yeah but but I, I got that out of the way now if you watch it you're no longer scarred by it now you now you know it's going to happen and that's not really the biggest part of the show but it, it, it may but have I'm to bummed. do with the curse you know well i know i know jeremy is a big fan of nathan fielder so yes i loved nathan for you it was such a great so show. good he, he was so good so which one's your favorite uh, I like the one where he's the Best Buy employee. Oh, the the, the, the price match. The yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he went through that like small door, but then wasn't there one too where he like went to, like posed as an employee too? Like he was like a goth person or something. I'm, I might be mixing up. Oh, this that was the it's same been a while. one. Yeah, because he yeah. wanted to see if, if they honored the price match or not. And so oh, he had yeah. to ask. I heard sometimes you don't have to like honor the price match guarantee if like you don't want to. If you're like, good again. <laughs> yeah it's I, I just love how he can keep it together i i would, would not be able to do that yeah man um i want to collab with him one day magic reality oh look him up later he's a magician member of the magic castle and like I, and if you look at like biography videos of him they have videos of him actually doing magic and shit that's awesome and he's got some old youtube videos of him doing like one-handed cuts but um yeah 
I know he's he's a cool guy in real life, probably. Um, yeah, check out the curse, guys. Check out the curse. It's a good show. Ten episodes, very cringe. So, oh, and the last out, the last episode is completely different than the first nine episodes. It's definitely a show that warms you up till the very big end. And the end is up for, up for interpretation. So if you like closed endings, don't watch the show. If, 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 if you're up for like character buildup and emotions and understanding people may deserve certain things because of the way they behave, then you'll like the show. Interesting. Interesting. And it, 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 a lot of people like to see themselves on a show, so they don't want to see... Um, people paying consequences for gentrification or, 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 you know, you know, taking advantage of people and this and that. They don't want to, they don't, they want to close their eyes to it. But when a show actually calls it out as real as it does, it becomes kind of like uneasy to watch for some people. It's uneasy for me to watch sometimes, but it, it's good. There's like scary parts. There's funny parts. Uh, there's the scumbag producer. Basically the whole show follows a couple emma stone nathan fielder and they're gentrifying a whole poor city in new mexico they're gonna gentrify it with these fucking science homes that are like glass mirrored homes and and there's no energy or something like low very low energy homes and um they're gonna make an hgtv series about it so the whole show is about them pretending to be these uppity nice people and in reality it's really about their own self-interest and they're walking over people but they're very blind to it or they they're so good at being bad that they don't know they're bad it's that kind of show this and that you're uh, you're not the first person to uh, recommend that to me so can't remember who else recommended it but emma stone plays like five characters she deserves uh nomination just for the, the way she plays somebody who's like just insane jeremy you got anything you've been watching oh i finished echo that was good i need to start was, that so is punisher and i heard daredevil's in i haven't watched it uh, yeah punisher was very briefly in it it was like like one episode and then uh did i say punisher or daredevil Daredevil. He's a Punisher. 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 Daredevil was in it briefly. Okay. Charlie Cox in the one fight scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this series, I I really enjoyed it so far. Um, I mean, it the first episode did a really great job of doing a passage of time. Like they start off like with the origin, of course, but then like they don't stick on one thing too long. It's like it just moves along really nicely. And then um it's just the rest of the episodes are just short. How many episodes. how many episodes are there? I think it was like five. Baby, we're gonna watch Echo. <laughs> yeah, we got we got we got a plus we got a thumbs up. I watched it. I, I watched some Marvel movies with her. We we haven't oh, watched cool. Them, so. cool. And I really haven't been keeping up with a lot of the other Marvel stuff, so for you me. You haven't watched Loki enjoy. yet or you have? Because that one's awesome. uh, I watched first season. I didn't watch second season okay. yet. I'm I'm late to movies though. Like shows, I'm kind of on, but movies. I know it's not Marvel, but it has to do with multiverse. Have you guys seen um Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yes, I love that movie, dude. I just saw it like a no, no, week like three weeks ago with my wife. So good for the first time ever. So good. Yeah. Oh, I I that movie deserved every award that it won last year. Still haven't seen it. Nope. I'll get on that. Justin, how about you? You seen anything? Uh, not really. Nothing okay. worth talking about. Just all right. I finished stuff like that. I finished Monarch, the Godzilla show on Apple Plus. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm hoping there's a season two. I don't know because they they really need to like they just kind of. I feel like they kind of stopped mid story, but you know, I guess I guess we'll we'll see if there's a season two or if it picks back up with the movies. Uh, and then I finally took the time to watch No Hard Feelings. That new Jennifer Lawrence movie. Um, it's funny. It's it's got its moments. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Uh Netflix. Yeah. I mean it, it was it was it's 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 a decent watch. It's it's not bad. So all right. I guess when I guess then if uh 
unless somebody's got something else they want to 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 bring up. I do have one more question before okay, we wrap right. this up that I was that I didn't ask before, but um, you know, you mentioned you had like the DVDs and you worked at the shop, but like, are there were there other ways of of learning? Like, were there like magic workshops or like camps that you could attend? Dude, very cool you asked. Um, yeah, so remember the Magic Castle Junior Program? The whole benefit of being a member was I couldn't drink as a kid. So, well, for kids, one Saturday a month they had a meeting and we would go and they would sometimes have lecturers. And if they didn't, I would pick the brain of other magicians. We would trade tricks like, Oh, let me t- teach me your mind. Teach it. And I like that. I like that. And then we would trade because, you know, we're kids and young and this and that. And so there was a lot of that, but that culture, that's what kept me in. Cause there were a lot of lectures at magic shops from famous magicians. So like, as long as I was in that magic castle group, I knew of the lectures in Orange County, LA, and I went to a few. And yeah, they were like, they're probably more expensive now, but they were like 20 bucks. And you go and you see a well-known magician teach for like an hour. Um, But the 20 bucks was just for their time. They really did a lot of, a lot of the times when they're doing the lectures, they would be teaching and pushing tricks that they sold. So then at the end, they would sell that trick to you. And so it wasn't just a $20 door fee. You always had to bring cash because you knew you were buying some of their shit. It was a guarantee. That's exactly how those lectures work. But hey, I went to a lot of them. That's cool. The Asher, Nathan Cranzo, whoever the, um, whoever the fucking castle provided when I was there for eight years. I don't know. uh, What's his name? Uh, The rope guy. Pop Hayden was the one who lectured the most. But uh, yeah. Mm, Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Sorry to bring the show to I, I, I back to like, back on the rails. Hey, that's you fine. Apologize, yeah. bro. Honestly, if, if I were to lecture magicians and they would ask me, they would hate me because I would I I wouldn't teach them tricks. I would teach them about developing your own personality as a magician, making the tricks your own. I would teach them about making the tricks very strong about story and not just having a deck of cards and having to pick one. Why? You know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I've I've watched I've watched the stuff on TV where like you can see a magician who's very technically proficient but has no stage presence, and you're just like, hey, you're really good at what you do, but you're boring. So like, yeah, I mean, teaching them how to have a personality and build a show like that, you know. In the magic shop, when people were doubtful, I can't do magic. This and that, I would like adults or mid teenagers. I would tell them the same thing. Hey, man, this coloring book, which I'm sure you've all seen the self working coloring book trick. I, I, this is a scenario. Like, hey, I've seen people get amazing reactions with this simple ass coloring book because they're funny, they're energetic, and they have a good time. Whereas I've seen this amazing cardist doing the craziest shuffles and cuts and stuff, but he's so fucking boring. So, like, honestly, it's really cool, and you got to give him his credit. But the audience, they had a lot more fun watching the coloring book, and why is that? Because the entertainment factor was there. So if that card magician could take, yeah, keep the technique there, but also have personality instead of look at my hands and look at my hands only. I just see too many, I I see too many robots in magic and I I, I hate it, but I guess it makes it better for me to stand out. But I just, uh, too many, too many robots. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Yeah, man. I did. I don't bullshit. Like I, I um I I love I love what I do and I've I've gone broke being a bartender, I've gone broke doing magic, you know. So it's like I've done I've gone both spectrums, but I, I much prefer this. And if I'm gonna struggle, I'm gonna struggle doing something that I love and creating new magic for people. So yeah, right on, right on, right on. Well, Andy, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, you blew our mind with a couple tricks and. And and somehow made us blew our mind with Tom Brady, which if you knew the history with Tom Brady and this podcast, you would it would be even funnier. Yeah, um, that makes it just even crazier. <laughs> so Andy, thank you for, for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Um I appreciate it. As we go along our, our day here, just remember stupid never walks alone. I can watch Pornhub now. 
comic books have been around for almost a century, and in the last two decades we've finally gotten to see many of these characters brought to life in movies and on TV. On the Moving Panels podcast, we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. Join me and my guests as we discuss both the good and the bad from Marvel, DC, and even some of the lesser-known comic book companies. Learn what is and isn't from the comics, as well as our nerdy review of the movie or show. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So join us for Moving Panels, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while... You could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Go.